This is The Switch, finding solutions to support sustainable living and combat climate change at the individual level. Brought to you by the Fur Bearers. I'm Mike Howie, and I am here with Dr. Teal Phelps Bondaroff, and we are going to be talking about gas-powered leaf blowers today. So first, thank you so much for joining us, Teal. Always great to talk to you. Uh, now let's let's get into it. What is the background? I mean, you've got a great bit of, amount of information at teal.ca for folks who want to get caught up, but give us the, the, the quick background as to what's going on with gas-powered leaf blowers and why they're a problem for the environment. Yeah, a few years ago, a good friend of mine um, had a new baby and um, was complaining. His neighbors kept waking up the baby at very early hours um, with their you know, leaf blowers and other sort of lawn maintenance equipment. And he, he's an acoustic specialist. He's currently working on whale acoustics, which is very cool. And he introduced me to the literature on the impacts of noise pollution, which I'd never had experience. And I'm an international relations scholar. It's, you know, taking deep dives into you know, random aspects of urban pollution uh, wasn't really sort of in my wheelhouse. But then once you dive into the literature on noise pollution, you realize just how harmful it is. And we always talk about air and water pollution, and those are often very obvious, but things like light and noise pollution aren't. And, and so they, they do have a significant impact on people's health and well-being. You know, so for example, there's the first aspect, which is just you know, the well-being and annoyance, which yeah. is very hard to quantify, but has a very real impact on people's well-being. But leaf blowers um, and, and other you know, sources of acute noise they disturb sleep, they impact, they negatively impact cognitive functions, they have a whole host of other health impacts. Um, and for leaf blowers in particular, they also kick up dust, which has an impact on, on respiratory health. Um, and just for context here, so when we're talking about noise pollution, we're talking about noise that is above healthy limits. And, and the average leaf blower, and there's new technologies coming out there, but they can produce noise as high as 115 decibels at the source, you know, 64 to 78 decibels, you know, very close to them. And older models are louder. And decibel, the decibel system at the logarithmic scale, and so you know measures you know, sound intensity and loudness. Um, and so you know, for comparison, a soft whisper is thirty. The conversation we're having is about sixty, unless people have their headphones turned up to dangerous yeah. levels. City traffic is about eighty. Rock concerts are about one hundred and ten to one hundred and twenty. Shotgun blast is one hundred and seventy. Um, and if you are working in a site with noise that is very acute, our WorkSafe BC and I think other provincial work safe places would you know, require people to have hearing protection because they just yep. very important. Um, and the critical thing with noise pollution, which makes it different than other forms of pollution, and, and what makes the, the annoyance factor so large is a lack of control. So if I go to a rock concert and it's, you know, they're pumping out 120 decibels of Lorena McKenna or someone, um, and I'm rocking out, I chose to be there. Uh, but if my neighbor wakes me up at eight in the morning with a leaf blower, I can't turn it off. Mm -hmm. um, and the aspect with leaf blowers as well is they produce a low frequency noise. And so often when I'm doing my campaigning on this, people say, oh, just put some headphones on, close your window. That doesn't work with low frequency noise quite as well uh, because it's actually the way the noise works is it can penetrate walls quite effectively and travel very long distances. And so ultimately we have to tackle it at, at a base level. Uh, so, so just briefly then, um, and I'll, I'll divide this sort of conversation up, I suppose, the, the harms of leaf blowers into sort of the harms of noise pollution and some of their other impacts. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, as I, as I said, you know, impairing sleep is a big issue. I, I do research over in Hong Kong. I went to bed at 4.30 last night after working on some projects. Um, so if you wake me up at eight in the morning, you've disrupted my sleep, which has you know, huge impacts on my well-being and, and other health and, and could you know, exasperate other health issues. But then you have other factors. Like there's been some really interesting research done on cognitive um, impacts of noise pollution and you know how children, especially children, um, who are exposed to things like chronic aircraft noise 
will have lower reading comprehension levels and lower long-term um, memory. Hmm. Um, and then of course you've got, you know, there's been a lot more emerging research on things like heart attacks and cardiovascular disease and mental disorders, all linked to noise pollution, which again exacerbates other, um, other health issues. And I think people are spending more time at home during COVID and they're beginning to realize you know, just how disruptive noise pollution can be when you're trying to do a Zoom call with your boss yep. at three in the afternoon. But then of course, leaf blowers have other problems, right? So they kick up dust and that dust on the street isn't just you know, dirt particulates, it's gasoline oils, it's animal droppings, spores and fungi, pollens, pesticides, herbicides, fertilizers, brake lining dust, tire residue, heavy metals. And that's being aerosolized and, and popped into the air and by a leaf blower. And another aspect, and this is a climate change link in, is gas powered leaf blowers have alternatives. There's a broom, there's a rake, there's also electric options that are mm -hmm. as good as gas powered models. And the gas power models are incredibly polluting. This was so, surprising to me. I got just to interrupt. I when I read this, I I looked at your source to make sure you are one of the most intelligent and thoughtful people I know. But I thought I'd better double check this one because it seems surprising. Yeah. So these a lot of the studies that compared leaf blowers to to vehicles, some of them aren't quite as as you know peer reviewed as scientific as one would like. But the California EPA estimated this is in 2017 that driving a 2017 Toyota Camry. Um, 1,100 miles would be the equivalent of one hour of operating commercial leaf blower insofar as smog forming pollutants. Um, or, or, you know, the two-stroke engine of your typical leaf blower produce, it doesn't burn uh, gasoline as efficiently as a vehicle. So there was a study that was done looking at like a Ford F-150 Raptor crew cab, and yeah. that found that you'd have to drive in order to equal the hydrocarbon emissions from half an hour of yard work with a two-stroke leaf blower they found that you would have to drive 3,887 miles in that vehicle. And so we're not just talking about you know, carbon dioxide. In that case, they're talking about hydrocarbons, which is sort of the unburnt aerosolized gasoline. But you know, you're comparing the, the leaf blowers to other alternatives into vehicles, they produce way more pollution. And critically, like, we have alternatives, we can get rid of them. And we have to decarbonize our uh, economies in order to have a chance at tackling climate change. And so I love doing advocacy around leaf blowers because it's such an obvious low hanging fruit of something that we just don't need anymore. And we really do need to get rid of. Absolutely. And I was in a backyard on the weekend. Someone was using an electric lawnmower uh, to mow the grass, not 25 yards away from me. And I thought it was someone four or five houses away because it was so quiet compared to what I'm used to hearing in the city. Uh, and it, 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 I actually pointed it out to the person I was talking with. Like, I thought that mower was way far away. Uh, so there, you know, for roughly the same price, the electric mower uh, versus a gas mower, the electric mower in terms of noise pollution, just way down. And but not only that, just to, just to jump in that quickly, mm -hmm. um, there's another health impact of leaf blowers that we often forget, which is you don't need to blow down your grass. And actually that act of raking produces sort of mulch, small leaf particulate that protects your soil. So in fact, by using a leaf blower and, and you know, blowing away all these you know, little potential mulch particles, you're actually destroying habitat for insects, which is taking food away from things like birds and, and bats. Um, and you're actually re like reducing your abilities, the soil's ability to absorb water. Uh, so there's all these other negative impacts that we don't really think about. Uh, and the insect one is, is a critical one. Yes. Um, because having these manicured, pristine lawns, they're, they're monocultures of death that no one can live in. Um, and we want to have healthy ecosystems where bees and insects and and birds can all um, you know, enjoy the environment as well. And so that's something that people often forget as well, that there's a huge environment, there's an other environmental impact um, from these, these kinds of tools.
Definitely. And then in terms of trying to get something done about it, um, you know, it, it's it's one of these ones where it seems very straightforward, but it, it, it may seem also that there is a struggle to get this changed and you're just being an annoyed citizen. So in roughly two and a half minutes, how do you think people can best go about making this change in their community? Yeah. So what I did over here after learning about the issue, I went and talked to my city council and then I set up a petition. Um, and it was a very straightforward petition using a good old Google form. And then after some time interrupted by COVID, I presented that petition to city council and, and talked to council about amending a couple of bylaws. Here in Victoria, in most municipalities, they'll have a noise ordinance. And if you lower the decibel, acceptable decibel volume for that noise ordinance, that kind of just puts a cap on quite a lot of equipment, not just leaf blowers, but other, other noisy sources of equipment. But some municipalities have also uh, just targeted leaf blowers themselves. And so this is kind of a discussion you want to have with yourself and your activist team. If you want to just target gas-powered leaf blowers, if you want to target gas-powered lawn maintenance equipment, or if you want to try to take a broader approach. So if you're just targeting gas-powered leaf blowers, it just might be uh, as simple as talking to your, not simple, but it might be uh, involved talking to your city council uh, about implementing a ban or amending existing noise bylaws. Um, but you may also want to talk to city, your city or local municipality about changing how they, their procurement policies. So, you know, when we're talking about leaf blowers and, and lawn maintenance equipment, there's kind of three users. There's the average citizen who might use their leaf blower a couple hours a week at best. There's commercial operators that use them quite regularly. And then there's city staff that might use them every day or quite regularly as well in their work. And so you can convince your city to take a leadership role in decarbonizing their fleet of tools. Um, you can talk to the city about making sure that when they are um, implementing these, these, these bylaws and these bans that they're also phasing them in to accommodate local you know, contractors because they need, do need to decarbonize their fleets as well. Um, and also perhaps creating incentive programs for members of the public to get rid of their old machines. So what I was asking Sanich to do was basically three things. Um, we asked them to ban gas powered leaf blowers, to support a recycling program for obsolete machines, and then to regulate the use of electric blowers to make sure that their output was within safe levels. Um, and what I would also probably ask them to do as well is to decarbonize their own personal fleet. I think they had about 83 leaf blowers or something close to that in Saanich. And that's going to save the city money in the long term. And then also critically, critically it's going to help the city by um, keeping the safety and health of their workers in place. And, and one thing is companies are already doing this. So before embarking on this, um, this effort to ban leaf blowers at the city level, uh, I had them removed from my building. So we live in an apartment building. And we convinced the, the building management to get a company that's all electric. So our landscaping company is all electric, all charged by solar. And I haven't been woken up. Yeah, they do a great job. I haven't been woken up since. And talking to their, their owner, he says their, their business is doing great because a lot of people want this change. Mm -hmm. So for example, it may not even be, you may not have to do much more than convince your local building or your local building management. Just get a company that's going to save the money and save the environment in the long term. So there's lots of different approaches. And, and the thing I find with the, the, activism around leaf blowers is you have different angles to take. There's health and safety, there's community well-being, there's climate change, there's moving and decarbonizing your future. So there's all these great angles you can take when you're doing communication around that. Um, and it's a very simple and accessible form of campaign because you're entering at the municipal level. So there isn't like too many complicated structures and barriers for you to navigate. And often it's just call the counselor, sit down with them, ask them, hey, I'm a citizen. I'd like to change my, my community. I'd like to ban leaf blowers. How do I do it? And it's your job to tell you how you go about doing that in your local political context. Awesome. So folks who want to learn a little bit more about your work on that can go to teal.ca, T-E-A-L-E.ca. And thanks so much for you again for your time, Teal. Great talking to you.
Want to learn more about this week's episode and how your choices can benefit wildlife and their habitat? View the show notes in your app or visit DefenderRadio.com. To learn more about the fur bearers, visit TheFurBearers.com or find them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow host Michael Howie on social media with at HowieMichael on Instagram or Defender Radio Podcast on Facebook. Subscribe or follow Defender Radio to get notified about new episodes of The Switch and Defender Radio right on your smart device. Thanks for listening.